praise. Say that, power of praise. We've been talking about the power of praise, and we've looked at seven different ways to be able to praise God. It's not just by singing instruments. It's, I mean, singing in instruments. It's not just by, by sitting silent and meditating, but it is all of those. They are included. It's about obedience. We need to be obedient and to make a sacrifice. And many of you made a sacrifice to come in here today. Many of you could have stayed in. You could have slept. You you could have stayed home. You know, you could have stayed up later last night and, and it would have had, you know, a, a good reason in your mind to be able to say, you know, I didn't have to come today. But, you know, there's a, there is a power. Say power. There's a power that God releases. There is a strength, a power. You know, the word, the Greek word of, of the word, one of the words power in, in the Bible is, um, is exousia. That can mean power. The other Greek word, the meaning of power, is dunamis. Say dunamis. Do you know that is where we get our English word dynamite from? Did you realize that? We get our English word dynamite from the the Greek word dunamis means an explosive power explosive power. We like to play, uh, uh, there are times where I, when I was younger, I would play a little around with little firecrackers more than, you know, than, than, than I probably should have. But you, you could take and tie a bunch of firecrackers together and you'd get more power. Hello? And uh, so there was a dunamis power, and that's what the Bible talks all about, is the power of God. We talked about praise, and praise literally means to worship, or means to commend, or to give honor. We know that that word praise comes from a Latin word meaning value or price. That when we praise God, He has a value, He has a price. And that price that that He paid for us was through the blood of Jesus Christ. He sent His Son, His only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life you know what and I want to spend eternity with him how about that amen I want to be where God is so we understand that God has value he has merit there's a lot of people that don't seek God there's a lot of people that don't find God there's a lot of people that don't really care about God don't even want you to talk about God want to take God out of schools want to take crosses out of the desert want to take all these things away from the United States that we have been founded on the principles of God, the principles of Christianity, if you want me to get specific on that. We know that praise can mean clamorously foolish. There's times where I have praised God clamorously foolishly, but I, but I know it's about him and it's not about me. Come on, somebody. David danced before the Lord, and that praise is called Tehillah praise, and he danced before the Lord that his, his clothes was coming off. Now, I've never danced before the Lord so much that my clothes was coming off, but, you know, praise God for David. Amen? So that, 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 you know, we can praise God and there is power that is released from that. There is, there, the Psalms can begin to praise God. David wrote a lot of the Psalms when he was having a difficult time in his life. David wrote the Psalms when there were things were not going very well. David wrote Psalms when he was being chased from cave to cave and place to place by the king of the country at that time who was Saul. So we begin to look at praise in a way of of confession. We can look at praise in a way of thanksgiving. And we had a time of testimony. My heart was just so blessed with those that came and gave a testimony of what God was doing. How many of you realize we should be thankful all the time? 
not just in November, not, be, not around Thanksgiving time, but we should be thankful all the time. I want to have a thankful heart. I want to be thankful. I'm telling you, we, I, not only am I thankful for the country that I currently live in, I'm thankful for the, the things that it affords me. I'm thankful for a place to stay. I'm thankful for a, a home that I can go to sleep in and be safe in. Come on, somebody. And we, we take this for granted. There are people in other parts of the world that don't, when they lay their head down at night, they don't know whether somebody's going to break in, drag them out, or they're going to wake up in the morning. And I mean, we we take it lightly. I thank God for providing food for me. I'm telling you, he has provided time and time again. Some of you heard a testimony back when I was 20, 21 years old where there were uh, a time where I just, I'd suck my chicken bone dry. I mean, that thing, because that was about the only thing that I'd have. And there were days where I would go without food, not because I didn't have the money. I choose to pay my bills instead of buy food. Come on, somebody. Because I didn't have a lot of money flowing into my life. And I didn't have God flowing into my life. But I thought, you know, I was determined enough to say, I'm not going to mess up my finances. And if I didn't have the money for a car payment or my house payment or house rent at that time or food to go on my table, then I'd just wait and make sure that, that I wouldn't go spend it on something else. Can I get an amen? So there were times in my life where, you know, I was so thankful for God and I I didn't realize who it was that was providing it for me. Do you realize that when I was at a place in my life where I was broke, busted, and disgusted, that I still had a thankful heart, but I didn't know who to thank. I was kind of thanking myself. Now I know who it was and how God took care of me, how he fed me when there was no money. Come on, somebody. How he, he brought people by and they would take me out to eat a Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> At that time, you could be a, get a two-piece meal deal for like $1.99. I'd shake the couch loose sometimes getting that change out of that couch. Come on, somebody. You know, maybe I just stand up here this morning. Maybe I'm the only one that's been in that situation. But I've been there, like Paul said. I've been there where I've had nothing. And I've been there where I've had plenty. And I want to be thankful for God in all situations and circumstances. Let's thank the Lord this morning for His provision upon our lives. And that's a type of praise. You know, we just gave praise to God. Do you know when you're thankful, when you have a thankful heart, you give praise to God? To to give praise to God is to give Him honor. It's to proclaim His merit. It's to proclaim His worth. God is worth something to me, and I don't like people that, that just discount what God has done. I don't like people that try to take God away from everything and every area in our lives because my life is founded on God and this country is founded on God. No matter what any president says, no matter what anybody else tries to do, this government is founded on the principles of the Word of God. Amen. It's time for us to begin to rise up. I realize when we praise God, things begin to happen. So we can praise Him in offering sacrifices. We can begin to praise God in physical movement, in the dance. We can praise Him in the dance. We can praise God in silence and meditation. Do you know that's a praise to God when you sit silently? When you meditate on the Word of God? When you go through and you think about God all day long, your life becomes a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Romans 12.1, that we need to live our lives. It's a, our life should be a holy sacrifice unto the Lord. How can I be a sacrifice unto the Lord if I can begin to think about God all day long? I can have the principles of God, you know, 
adjust what I do and what I say. Am I making any sense to anybody? See, a lot of times we don't do that. We just come in on Sundays and get a little bit of God. Come in on Wednesdays, get a little bit of God. But God wants to be involved in our lives 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Do you know that when we trust in Him, our sleep will be sweet? Oh, come on. You may still get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but when you went to bed from 10 to 3, your, sw- your sleep was sweet. Amen? And it'll charge you to, to be able to do what God wants you to do. You may not, not, not go to bed till midnight, but you'll, you'll, you'll get up in, at 5 o'clock in the morning, and those five hours, your, sweet can, your sleep can be sweet. Well, you know, I only had five hours sleep. So what? There's times where you can run on three hours. Come on, somebody. There's some where we can go 24 hours a day. Come on. Oh, come on. Back in the day, there were times where you were up all day and all night, and it didn't matter because it was time to party. Hey, you know, it was a resurrection thing that took place. But now you give your life to God. You understand that when you praise Him through silence and meditation, for living a holy life, thinking about Him, setting your mind on Him, that is a praise to God, and He loves that. So we can begin to praise God through testimony. Do you realize that there's power that comes for the testimony that you have? You have a testimony that nobody else has. Do you realize that? Just like you have a fingerprint that nobody else has. You have a testimony that nobody else has. There might be similar testimonies, but there's not one that is exactly like the testimony that you have. And, and you got to go through the test to get the money. Come on. <laughs> and then God develops a testimony. So we can, we can have prayer, the power of prayer. And I just want to touch base as we t- look at Acts chapter 12. I want to look at the power of prayer today. I want to take a look at this biblical power, this dynamite, this exousia, this, this, um, this, this power of God, the dunamis power of God that just wants to begin to explode. Is it all right if we get into the Bible? We're going to get into the Bible and we're going to read some stuff. I'm not just going to give you one scripture and then preach for 30 minutes. But I want to look at Acts chapter 12. And let's begin to get into this. Because what can happen when we praise God from our heart? I want to look at biblical examples of what can happen, not just from my head, but from my heart. In the midst of a difficult situation, I can praise God and things happen. The power of God begins to take place. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. I'm going to pause you right there. What we have to understand is coming in to this scripture, there was a great tribulation. Say great tribulation. There was a great tribulation of the church. I'm telling you, we think the church is persecuted a little bit now. We have no idea. The church was, I mean, it was being smacked, splattered, separated, divided. People were being killed. This was a time where, during the time where Paul himself used to be Saul, and he would go out, and they were persecuting the church. You understand, there was a time with the time when Paul got saved, there was like a 12-year period of time in there that he began to start ministering. But there was a time 
time where the church was being persecuted. I mean, if you were a Christian, they would drag your tail out. They would stone you in the marketplace and leave you to rot. They'd let the, let the vultures and that come down and pick your body apart. I know that's pretty gross, but that's just the way it was. And they still served Christ. They still were believers of the way. They still stood up and said, you know what? No matter what's taking place, I'm going to serve him. So what about you today? When somebody comes against you coming to church or your, your belief system in Christ or whatever, do we shrink back or do we step out? Do we shrink back or do we rise up and say, you're absolutely right. I'm a believer and a follower of the way. Have I got any believers or followers of the way in the house today? Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. 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 So Peter had been arrested. I mean, they, they put him in jail. They had already killed some others. So when you begin to look at this, there was a great time where, oh, there was fear in the church. Sound a little bit about like where we might be entering in to fear within some of us today. So let's look at verse 5. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Go ahead. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and light shone in the cell, and struck, and, and he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow, and he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. I want to stop right there. They were praying for him. Do you see the first thing that took place is that Peter was, was, was brought in and they began to pray for him. Say prayer. prayer. Say the power of prayer. I want you to see the power of prayer. Because as I began to look this, I thought, God, look at the power of what took place. First of all, an angel suddenly appeared. How many of you realize it's not some little bitty, dainty, little cherub kind of angel? When that angel appeared, it was a huge... Do you ever, do you ever know where you read the Word of God and they were frightened when the angels came? Yeah. I mean, would you really be frightened of a little... I don't know what they're called. A little precious moments little thing. Yeah. Hey, little buddy, what you doing? You know what I mean? Whew, this was an angel of the Lord that was probably large in stature, probably twice the size of a man. And the wings were huge. And the Bible says that the light had shone around him. I mean, that's why they went. <laughs> and that's why the angel have to say, fear not. Do you remember when the angel appeared to Mary? What did he say? Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Are you with me? So a lot of times, so Peter had this same thing. But the angel did not appear until first the church. Somebody's got it. Until first the church prayed. 
Check this out. Not only did the angel appear and then they struck Peter on his side and guess what happened? The chains fell off his hands. Now it doesn't even say that the angel got a lock, went over and unlocked the the chains on his hands. It says the chains fell off his hands. Do you see the power of prayer? The power of prayer brought the angel on the scene. Oh, come on, somebody. The power of prayer, all of a sudden, the chains begin to fall off. The power of prayer, when Peter walked to the edge of the gate, the iron gate opened, the Bible says, by itself. It didn't have an electric eye like when y'all walk in here. Ooh, that's nice. The door opens by itself. There was an electric eye, y'all. It's not the anointing that you walk under that opens that door. All right? I want y'all to know that. I, mean, I open it sometimes and say, be open. And it opens up, and I'm like, yeah. God was like, there's an eye. It's an electrical eye. It, it, it gets you, and then it begins to see it. Hope you all know what I'm talking about. But when Peter got to that gate, there worked an electric eye to open that gate. All of a sudden, the power of prayer kicked in, and the angel came on the scene, and the chains fell off. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? The chains began to fall off of him, and he says, look, I'm going to take you out. And there couldn't even be an iron gate to hold him back. He didn't even have to push the button, speak to it or anything else. It just began to open. Say, that's the power. That's the power. That's the dunamis power. That's the dynamite power that God has given us through praise. Because why? Because the church prayed. Let's look at Acts chapter 16 because I see y'all going, well, that's nice. Let's take a look at it again. Acts chapter 16. Just flip over with me and let's go to verses 22. And we'll just read through. We'll We'll just read through. I don't know. We'll just read through to about 34 or so. I want you to see. That was Peter. See, now look at Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas now, guess what? They're imprisoned. And let's see what happened. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. Whoa, uh-oh. Oh, you, I underlined mine. I circled it, I underlined it. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners that were in there were listening to them. I have been in jails. And you can, some of you all know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't, praise the Lord, but some of you do. And you can talk, and you can hear people in the other three or four jail cells over. And if it's an open bullpen, they call it a bullpen, you can hear everything in there. I mean, you can't do nothing in there that somebody else doesn't hear you. Are you with me? So they were praying, and they were singing praises. Now this was, I believe, if you look a little bit prior to it, it says that they were their, their clothes were ripped off and they were beaten with rods. How many of us can take a, a beaten, a whooping, and then not pray, let alone praise God? Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah. We, things can happen to us. And we're like, oh, oh, life is so terrible. And we're like a dog that pulls the tail in and goes in the heights and curls up in the corner. These guys had just got through getting beaten by rods, the Bible says. Are you with me? Did y'all read that earlier? Did you see that earlier? They had been beaten by rods, and now all of a sudden, they're in the jailhouse, and they're praying 
Oh, here's, here's a look. In what you're going through, the first key to that power is prayer. Say prayer. You're in the midst of something right now. And there's times where the enemy just wants to silence you. There are, hey, there's times where things have come against me, and I don't even know if I could pray, honey, right? I mean, there were times I was like, you know, I don't want to pray. I don't feel like praying. It's not about what you feel like. Do you want the power of God least in your life? Are you with me? Do you want it to open up doors for you? Do you want chains to fall off? Do you want the angels of the Lord to appear? I still am wanting an angel of the Lord to appear to me. I want to see it, God. I want to see that. And I know some of you have seen angels. And I know some of you have seen portions of them or parts of them. And I just, I want to see, I, I just, before I die, you and me, I, I mean, I, I like to see in the natural. I mean, I like to come around a corner or something and there's Gabriel. I probably would fall and, and worship. Not that I worship angels, but I would fall in a in worship position because God would be answering one of my prayers and say, God, I want to, See that angel. I want to see him manifest. What do you think about that, Gabe? He could be right there. Come on, somebody. So we begin to look at the power of praise. He says they were praying and they were singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to him. Go ahead, verse 26. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? All this started with prayer. All this started with praise. The power began to be released and you can begin to see that number one it wasn't just a little earthquake the Bible says it was a great earthquake I mean it just wasn't a 1.2 on the Richter scale it was probably at that time it was probably a 7 or 8 we don't have that now well they had it then it was a great earthquake so we see a great earthquake take place and it begins to shake the foundations and what happened the chains fell off Sound a little similar to what Peter experienced? So now Paul and Silas are experiencing the same thing. And then not only did the chains fall off, but the, the jailers awoke and he, the jailer was going to kill himself because they put special guard and they said, look, you watch these guys. You make sure they don't go anywhere. You make sure they don't get out. You make sure that anything happens to them, off with your head. So the jailer knew what his fate was. He was like, they're done. I might as well just run it through and just kill himself. But see, look at the power of God and through prayer. And now things begin to happen. Things begin to shake. How many of you realize they had to have looked at Paul and Silas and thought, I think those are men of God. <laughs> kind of like when Jesus was on the cross, right? And things began to shake and that one soldier goes, I think he's a man of God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because things begin to happen. Let's look at what happened in verse 31. Because all of these things that are about to happen started with prayer, singing, and praising. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. 
And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. His whole household. We, do you see what happened? We see where not only they were beaten, we see where when they prayed and they began to start singing praises, the power of God came forth. Are y'all seeing this? Yeah. This isn't something they did on their own. The power of God began, began to come forward. And not only did the jailer say, what must I do to be saved? But he and his whole household were saved. Are you with me? The earthquake, the doors open, the chains were unfastened. The jailer and his entire household came to the Lord that day. Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen? Hallelujah. That is the power. That is the dunamis power of the praise of God. That is the dynamite power when we begin to praise God through prayer, through praise, through worship, through singing, through a thankful heart, through obedience, through sacrifice, through a a testimony, through silence and meditation. The power of God can be uh, loosed upon our lives. Let me turn with me over to to Acts chapter... uh, uh, Let's go to Acts chapter... 10. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Let me read this for you. I'm gonna, I want to read this. Verses 1 through 4. Can the power of God, if you live a holy life, listen to me, can it unlock the power of God in your life? Yes or no? How many of you would say yes? Got a few. How many of you would say no? How many of you really don't care? <laughs> yeah. Living a holy life, we've talked about that in the power of praise. We said to live a holy life, it's honorable to God. God loves that. So how about if somebody really doesn't know God, like you think they should know God? Well, let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 1. It says, there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius. Cornelius was a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. He was a devout man. Say devout man. And one who feared God. Say he feared God. Here is a guy that would not be labeled as a Christian. But he was a devout man. He was not a Jew. Are you with me? In fact, I didn't do the research to find out if he was Italian or if he was Greek. But he's from the Italian cohort. So probably... Without me doing the research, or you doing the research, if you do it, find out, let me know if he was Italian or Greek. But he's probably, he was probably Italian. But he feared God. And here's what it says. He was a devout man, a God-fearing man, and with all of his household. And he gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. Do you see the lifestyle this man's living? He's a devout man. He prays to God. Hello? He and his family, hello? He gives alms to the Jewish people. Giving alms is for the poor. They would position, there would be beggars. You kind of see them nowadays in Oklahoma City, maybe the closest place that you might find. They would position beggars at the temple and set them down to be able to extort money. Well, they would be able to get money. Are you with me? Literally, they were, they were extortion. There were guys that would, ex- that would take a lame person, put them down there, tell them to ask for money, and they'd get a cut of it. Are, it's, it's not an age-old thing when you go into Oklahoma City and there's somebody on the bridge with the sign that says, feed me, I need, I need some money. 
I don't have any money. Are you with me? So he would, they would give alms. He would help people like that out. And verse 3 says, About the ninth hour in the day, he clearly saw a vision. So here's a guy that feared God. Here's a guy that now all of a sudden has a, a vision. You want a vision? Fear God. You want a vision? Pray to God continually. I, you know, I believe that there's some, some scriptural uh, 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 fortitude where we, if we begin to do these things, he saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come into him and said, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze upon him and him being much alarmed, the Bible says, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial to God. Don't think the times that you pray that God doesn't know. Don't think that the money that you give, the alms that you give, your tithes and offerings, the things that you give, your time, your talent, don't think that God isn't aware of it. This was a time where Cornelius, who's a devout Believer in God. He's praying. And this comes up before God as a memorial. And I want you to, uh, when you get the opportunity, go back and, and begin to read through this because you're going to see some different things that begin to happen. And he lived a holy life. Say holy life. And that's, that's the power of praise. I wish I could tell you, you could live an unholy life and have the power of God in your life, but I, that would be wrong. You can't really live your life the way you want to live it. Come on, somebody. Let me be real today. There are even men of God that determine not to live a holy life and there's an anointing on their life, but it only lasts for so long. And pretty soon, they come down. Are you with me? I'm talking about Jimmy Swaggart and and, and Jim Baker. and Those are just a few that that we know of. But there's others that, that I'm telling you, Sin for a season, it can be hid, but sooner or later it's going to come out in the light. Come on. And you might be able to operate in an anointing and have gifts and healings and all these other things, but sooner or later your sin's going to catch up with you. But if you live a holy life, look at what happened. And I, and I began to start thinking about, man, look at this. All of a sudden, Peter, who had been sent to just the Jews, and according to Peter, Cornelius was a Gentile. He, wasn't, he was just not supposed to receive the things of Christ. And now all of a sudden, Cornelius and Peter hook up. You know why they hooked up? Because God wanted Cornelius to receive the Holy Spirit. Can I, can I just go there? We got enough time to go there? Okay. Um, in the rest of chapter 10, he talks to him about Peter receiving this trance. At the same time Cornelius is, is, is praying and this memorial comes up to God, God tells, tells Cornelius that he needs to gather some people together and he needs to send them to this guy in Joppa. He needs to send them to Peter. And Peter at the very same time, say, same time. I mean, things can happen because God orchestrates them or because Cornelius was a praying man and he feared God. He lived a holy life. And now the timing of God began to come in. And at the same time, Peter is laying at the top of his house because in Jerusalem, uh, even today, you can go to your house to rest. You know, some of you see flats in apartments in some of the big cities. They have 
They have apartments that might have a flat at the top of the house. You know, now you're not going to be hanging around on your A-frame roof and hanging up there. Are you with me? You'll roll off. But up there you could go and you could rest and you could sunbathe and you could relax and you could have time. And he was up there sleeping. So the, so the angel of the Lord, God gave Peter a vision and he brought some things down in a, in a, in a blanket like and it was things that were unclean. So Peter, being Jewish, looked at those things that were unclean and God says, look, I want you to eat. Peter's like, oh, no, not me. Because I don't eat that sort of stuff. I go by the Levitical food laws and Leviticus. You know, and I, I don't eat that stuff, God. That's not, you know, that's, I don't eat that stuff. He said, no, what I say is clean. It's clean. You can go ahead and eat those things. God was not only telling him that there was a food issue, but he was really, the point that he was after was that the gospel of, of, of the kingdom of Christ himself can now go to the Gentiles because God was cleansing that, come on somebody, and allowing this to go to the Gentiles and be available to the Gentiles where Peter said it was just for the Jews. Jewish people. Peter was just, Peter was just sent to, to, to the Jewish people. So he had fallen into this trance and he had seen this. And uh, I'm going to pick it up on, uh, oh man, this is all good. Let's pick it up on, let's look at verse 44. I'm at Acts chapter 10, verse 44, guys. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, he, he, Peter had come to Cornelius' house. All right? Cornelius had sent some guys to get Peter. Peter had this dream. It's like, guess what? Somebody's going to send somebody for you. Wouldn't that be a cool dream to have? What, what, what would it be more cool if all of a sudden you got up and Peter gets up and they're like, hey, Pete, hey, Pete, there's some guys here for you. Pete's like, I know. We want to take you with us to Caesarea. Okay, let me get my stuff. We wouldn't do that. We'd go, where are we going? Who are we going to see? Who, who are you from? Where are you at? Who you know? What kind of relationships you got? Why are we going there? How long are we going to stay? What do I need to take? You see what I mean? But no, Peter had already, God had already orchestrated this. That's the power of prayer. God had orchestrated this thing, and then all of a sudden, Peter's like, okay, I know. So he comes into Cornelius' house. He's bringing something, y'all. He's bringing something. Not only Cornelius' household is going to be, get, get saved, but they're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers, which are the Jews, who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. Now you have to, some, some places will tell you that you can, you can only speak in tongues and you have to have an interpretation. That's not biblical. There is tongues and interpretation, which is biblical, but you can pray in the Holy Ghost and without an interpretation and you can also receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost before you get baptized with water. Some people say, no, no, you've got to get baptized with water. Then you can receive the Holy Ghost. Well, let's look at the Word. Can we look at the Word? While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to this message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Verse 46. How did they know that it was the gift of the Holy Spirit? Verse 46 tells us. Everybody. They were hearing them. They were hearing. They were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. And Peter answered, <laughs> I can't believe they're speaking in tongues. No, I didn't know what Peter said. He, I was like, you know, what is that? They knew what it was because Peter had just experienced it in Acts, the second chapter. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Yeah. 
And they knew it was the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they heard them speaking in tongues. That's the power of God. That's the power of prayer. Not only the power of prayer, that's the power of your alms. That's the power of living a holy life. You want the power of living a holy life? Look at what can happen. It was not only Cornelius, but it was his household too. And it says, speaking with tongues and exalting God. And Peter answered, Whoo, surely no one can refuse the water for these being baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked him to stay on there for a few more days. They received the baptism, what we call the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues first. And then he says, hey, they need to be water baptized. Let's water baptize them, folks. They can receive that, can't they? It's like, you know, I know they're Gentiles, but they can still receive it, right? I mean, it's okay. They can receive it. It's okay for you today to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's okay for you today to be baptized. When people pray, the power of Cornelius' household got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and baptized in the, by, the, by immersion. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord some praise in the house for His Word. Amen. Amen. So we can see that because was it possible that he lived a holy life? Was it possible that he feared God? Was it possible that he prayed? Absolutely. Was it possible that all these things begin to happen? Now, this is just New Testament. And I know some of you guys like Old Testament stuff too because if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then I'm telling you, there's some stuff he did in the Old Testament. Turn with me to Second Chronicles. Say Second Chronicles. Chapter 5. That way, if the person next to you says, hey, what chapter did they say? You can say chapter 5. Second Chronicles chapter 5. See, the power of prayer, the power of alms, the power of living a holy life. I wish I could unpack this whole thing for you today because you can begin to see it. Peter was put in prison. Paul and Silas were put in prison. The enemy may not put you in a physical prison, but he's going to try to put you in a spiritual prison. Come on, somebody, that you won't try to break out of. But when you begin to praise and you begin to sacrifice and you begin to give and you begin to live a holy life and you begin to have testimony and you begin to start praying and you begin to to get the music going and the instruments and you begin to start dancing before God, then guess what? There is a power. Say power. Somebody needs to shout power. There is a power in your life that is released to do battle on your behalf. And can somebody give the Lord some praise for this power? It's called, it's a dunamis. It's a dynamite. It's not, it's not just for blowing up the World Trade Center and stuff. It's for blowing up the schemes and the plans and the purposes of the enemy. It's for blowing up the dark kingdom stuff. It's for blowing up his stuff. It's for going in his camp and exploding things and saying, Hey, you thought you had Cornelius. You thought you had his family. But no, no. God sent Peter, and he began to speak a message to him. And the spirit of the holy God began to fall. And all of a sudden, that power began to come forth. And they were They were beginning to speak in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, he said, let's baptize them. And Cornelius' whole house came to the Lord. Praise God. That's the power of God I'm talking about. That's the power of God. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to experience it in my life. How about you? Okay, Second Chronicles. Did I tell you what chapter? Five. All right, you guys are listening. You guys are good. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Let's look at verses 11 through 14. 
When the priests came forth from the holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without regard to divisions, and all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Haman, Jeduthun, and their sons and kinsmen, clothed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, standing east of the altar, and with them 120 priests blowing trumpets. 120 priests blowing trumpets. One day we could get 120 to blow trumpets. You reckon heaven would go, or you reckon hell would go, what's going on in Woodward? <laughs> go ahead. In unison, when the trumpets and the singers were to make themselves heard with one voice to praise and to glorify the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and when they praised the Lord, saying, He indeed is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting, then the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Woo-wee. The glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Check this out. What brought the glory of the Lord? They came together in unity. Do you know what? God's Spirit will dwell with us as we come together in unity. That's why we need to keep, with some, keep peace with our brothers and sisters. We don't need to bring division in. We don't need to bring strife. We don't need to accuse people of stuff. Are you with me? We need to bring unity. There was unity. The trumpet players, I mean the trumpet players were there. The singers made themselves heard with one voice. They were praising God and glorifying God. Are you with me? They lifted up their voice. They were accompanied with the trumpets and they praised the Lord for his loving kindness. His loving kindness kindness he indeed is good for his loving kindness is everlasting then the bible says then the house of the lord was filled with a cloud god move your cloud in the house of the lord today and let the glory of god just fill with your presence the glory of god came and the priests couldn't even minister. I don't know what all that meant, but maybe they couldn't even move because they were in unity together. They came forth into the holy place. We may not come together in the temple of the holy holies like they did then and worship God, but the temple of the holy holies is on the inside of you. Maybe we need to get from the outer court to the inner court into the holy of holies. Doesn't the spirit of the living God live on the inside of you? Then the spirit of the living God lived in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant. But you are a living stone, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. I don't know about you, but I can feel the glory coming in. I can feel it begin to move. That's the power that God wants to bring in. That's the power that God wants to bring into your life. He wants you to operate from that holy of holies place. Turn with me to Second Chronicles. Let's look at chapter 20. And let's begin to see the power of praise. So you see the musical instruments? It makes a difference. I don't know what churches that don't have musical instruments do. I guess they just ripped this out. I don't know what they do. It doesn't matter to me what they do. But here's what I'm here to tell you. That through the, the, the trumpets through the praise, through their hearts being right, through purifying and living a holy life, consecrating themselves before the Lord. 
I'm telling you, priests had to do it, and it wasn't a religious thing. They did have to do some religious duties and go into the Holy of Holies. They would tie bells and they would tie a rope around their ankle. Because if they went into the Holy Holies and there was something unpure within them, they would die. And nobody else that was unpure could go in and get them out. Come on, somebody. So they'd have a rope on them. And they'd have to, they could tell if they were in there ministering unto the Lord. The bells would move, would, would jingle when they would move. Are you with me? The bells would move, and they would move, and you could hear the bells ring. And if they were unholy, they would die. And you couldn't hear the bells. What happened to Zechariah? Zechariah ministered before the Lord. We know he didn't die before the Lord, but and there was something on there. When he saw it, he wasn't obedient to God, and he lost his voice. Are you with me? Zechariah was a Levitical priest. He ministered unto the Lord. He had the bells and the rope on him, and he came out and couldn't even speak. If they died in there, they would have that rope to pull the, the body out. Come on, somebody. So Zechariah doubted God. Check this out. When we begin to move into that place, when we begin to move into that place, we'll have the power of God released into our lives. There's some things that you can't get over. You say, I don't know, I'm surely struggling with it. You can get over it when you operate in the power of God. This same power that was operating then is available today. Second Chronicles chapter 20, I'm going to look at verses 20 through 25. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. I love this. Who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness and looked toward the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves, more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Somebody needs to give the Lord some praise. Amen? Somebody needs to give him some praise. I'm telling you, he began to, check this out. They rose up early in the morning. They were in trouble. There might be some things in your life where you're saying, I'm in trouble. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it. I don't know if we can hang through it. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I've been out of work a long time. Or I know those that have. The economy looks bad. I don't know. All sorts of things are taking place. But I'm here to tell you, Jehoshaphat said, there's an army out there. And I don't know how we're going to defeat him. He inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, send the praisers forth. Begin to send them first. And it says right here, look in verse 21. And when he had consulted the people... He appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. And they went out before the army. Check this out. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. 
Let's give thanks to the Lord. Lord, we just thank you today, God. We thank you that your loving kindness is everlasting. We thank you that you love us more than we could even love ourselves. We give thanks to you, God. Then it says the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants. In other words, there were, there were, there were three groups that were coming against Israel or, or Judah. It was Israel, I think, at this time. And, and there was three of them that were coming against them. Two of those armies started fighting against each other. I want that M16. No, I'm going to get it. No, I'm going to get it. They shot each other. And then the one that was on watching, they said, hey, you shouldn't have shot him. What are you going to do about it? They started blowing each other up. Are you with me? We're talking about armies because he sent out the praise and the power of God, the dunamis power of God began to come forth. The dino might power of God began to come forth. And all of a sudden, the, the armies that were coming against Israel were dying off. Yeah. And they sent him up to the edge. They said, look over. We're about ready to go. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Wait a minute. They must be asleep. If they are, they're sleeping in blood. None of them are moving. Can you imagine what the army was thinking? Say what? No, they're all dead. Really? Really? Yeah. They are moving. Well, let's advance. And the army began to come in. And the war had already been fought. They had killed each other. The power of God. Say the power of God. Say the power of praise. The power of praise in our life. We begin to see where they moved in. Not only did they move in, they started taking the plunder, the stuff that was left. I like that guy's shoes. Some big old shoes. Big damn. I like that guy's glasses. They're them expensive Oakley glasses. I take them. Are you with me? Hey. They carried off stuff for three days. Do you see the power of praise? Angels of the Lord appear in the power of praise. Chains can fall off in the power of praise. Come on. Gates will open up in the power of praise. Great earthquakes can shake in the power of praise. Doors are opened. Things can become unfastened. The jailer and his whole family get saved. Cornelius has dreams and visions. His giving has come up before the Lord as a memorial because of the power of his prayer, the power of praise. The glory of God fills the temple and we can't even move because the glory The kabod, the weightiness of the glory of God is coming into the temple. We can't even move. We can't minister. There are times we felt that glory in here. There's times where the Spirit of God was so heavy that it just ministered. We're coming into a time. There are people prophesying. There's going to be a time where you don't have to lay hands on somebody. You just speak the word. 
Be healed in Jesus' name. Be set free in Jesus' name. Poverty spirit, go in Jesus' name. And it goes. Hello? We see the power of praise. We see the power of the trumpets, the, the, the cymbals, the tambourines, the, the vocals, the, the keyboard, or the guitars, whatever it might be. We see the power begin to come in. And he slays the enemy. You laying in bed at night. It says in the morning things are going to be difficult. The enemy is going to be at your door. And you get up in the morning. And you praise God and you're thankful for where you are. Thankful for the battle that you're fixing to walk into. And you get on your attire. You get dressed in, the, in your holy attire, which is the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart that the wicked one sends against us. Our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Or there's a belt of truth that is around us. That's your holy attire. You get dressed in that and you say, I'm going to battle. You got the word, which is the sword, which is your offensive weapon. Because in Psalms, he says, God will be your rear guard. You don't have to worry about what's behind you. God's got your back. And you get that word and you say, okay, it's going to be bad. Open up the door and you look out and there they are all laying out in your yard. All them armadillos you've been fighting. And you walk out and go, there's peace in the valley. Are you with me? It's the power of prayer. It's the power of praise. It's the power of living a holy life. Why, Pastor, why do you want me to live a holy life? Because there's power associated with it. Pastor, why do you want me to spend time in prayer? Because there's power associated with it. Pastor, why do you want me to be obedient and sacrifice some things for the Lord? Because there's power that's associated with it. And I don't know about you, but I need the power. I need the Holy Ghost power. I need the dunamis power. I need the dynamite power. I need to start throwing some things in and blowing some stuff up. Are you with me? See, the enemy doesn't want you to operate in that power. He doesn't want you to hear this message today. He doesn't want you to operate in this thing today because he knows, uh uh-oh, they got a grenade in their hand. Uh Uh-oh, you better look out, look out. Demons in the dirt. Get out, get out. He's going to throw it. He threw the word. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me shall be shown to be in the wrong. So devil, you got to go. You can't stay here no longer. Kaboosh. Oh, oh, you better watch out for him. There's stuff going on at his work, but he's beginning to pray. He's beginning to call upon the Lord. He's beginning to say, God, I need you. God, I need your wisdom. God, I need everything that you got. All of a sudden, now the dark kingdom is getting an explosion. Kaboosh, 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 kaboosh. Explosion, explosion after explosion because he's beginning to pray. Oh, God, you don't understand. Yeah, God does understand. Because he's designed it that way. But the devil says, don't you give your money. And you say, this is it. I got the last $5 to my name and I'm going to come and I'm going to give it in the offering. I'm going to give it to you, God. And guess what happens? The enemy's being slayed. I know somebody walked down this aisle one time, said, I gave you the last $5 I ever had. The next day, walked into work, got a raise. Got a cash bonus. I, I just was like, that's cool. But you know what? It wasn't that. It was the faith to say, this is what I'm going to walk in. And it gave them power in their life. Hello? 
He was being obedient. God said, give five, give five. It's praying. We need to be men and women that fear God like Cornelius. And then your giving that you've given, you guys are givers, man. I'm telling you, you guys give. We are able to do a whole lot. There is things that have shifted in this community because of your giving. I applaud you if nobody else does because you are giving people. I got people, I got secular people that come to the church because they know the church gives. They know the church will help them. They know the church will be there. They may go everywhere else and everybody else say no, but they know where Living Word Fellowship, well, it's called Living Word Fellowship. Ask DHS, they'll tell you where to go. I'm not bragging, I'm not boasting, I'm just telling you because you're giving people. So when you give, it brings power. When you're obedient, it gives power. When you give your testimony to somebody else, that person over there is going to get blessed. When you give your testimony to him, that girl right there is going to get blessed. Are you with me? There's power in that. Say power. Power. Say it again. Say it again. We want that power. We want that power. We want you to operate in that power. Will you stand to your feet this morning? I'm going to declare and decree because God says in his word that if